Welcome to the Grow Your Business and Grow Your Wealth podcast with Gary Helt. Gary is an expert in helping business owners put together a plan that will provide a better future for their businesses, themselves, and their families. On the podcast, Gary interviews other professionals who share his vision, and together they share secrets and strategies any business owner can use to build a better financial foundation for your business and your life. Welcome back to the podcast. This week, my guest is Dr. James Rogers, who is the president and principal consultant with Diversity Coach. Welcome, James. Welcome. Thank you, Gary. I appreciate the opportunity to be with you. Great. So tell us, what what is Diversity Coach? Well, um, let me just give you a little background. Um, I'm an engineer by training. I think I told you I went to Howard University right there in your neighborhood. Right have an engineering degree from there. I also have an MBA and uh, have a, uh, a PhD in management. Uh, started my career in a fast track program, uh, spent 17 years as a corporate executive, and then uh, decided that uh, I was called to do something different. So while I was moving to become a management consultant, I met a young man by the name of Dr. Roosevelt Thomas, who is considered the father of the diversity movement. He happened to live in my neighborhood. We became friends. He also became my mentor. The thing that I liked about his approach was there is no, he removed all the emotional baggage from it. So basically he said, folks, the world is about to change. The makeup of your workplace and the makeup of the marketplace is going to shift and you're not ready for it. So he started the Managing Diversity Movement, which I, I translated into diversity management, to say, if you're running an enterprise of any type, small business, mid-sized businesses, major corporations, government organizations, nonprofit, you need to learn how to take advantage of the fuel that you will be burning in the future. And that fuel is going to come in a lot of different packages a lot of different races, a lot of different genders, a lot of different sexual orientations, uh, different abilities, different ages, different generations, and and the amount of dimensions of diversity is going to explode so that, uh, as I tell people all the time, there will always be another other. So we basically said there's a skill set, there's a mindset, there's an attitude that we need to adopt in order to be prepared for this so that we can actually continue to get world-class results given this new fact of life. So we have definitions. Definition of diversity is the collective mix of differences and similarities. It's important to pay attention to that language because diversity is not the new non-traditional people. You don't look into a group of white men and say, oh, there's a black woman, she's the diversity. No, the diversity is the collective mix of white men, black women, and whoever else happens to be on the team. All of them are the diversity. And when, once we get that concept down, then this stuff becomes much more palatable and useful. Right now, it's not very useful because we're focusing on certain dimensions of diversity, and that is divisive by nature. If I'm focusing on Black women, that means I'm not focusing on white men. White men are going to resent that. If I'm focusing on white men, that means I'm not focusing on Latino men. Latino men are going to resent that. 
So it's, it's inherently divisive when we focus on any single dimension. So that definition, the collective mix of differences and similarities is really the foundation of the work we do. And then we talk about diversity management, management from the standpoint of organizational change and development. Diversity is a fact of life. It is not a problem to be solved. If it was a problem to be solved, I'm a good businessman. I would have solved it by now. Right. <laughs> but it's just a fact of life, Gary, and you being in finance, you'll understand this. When the Fed comes out and says, okay, folks, here's the new rate, you don't argue with them. You just say, okay, that's a new fact that I've got to deal with. As I'm doing my calculations, I've got to take into account that you know the new Fed rate is this, and it's going to impact this rate and this rate and this rate. That's just a fact of life. You live with it. The same thing is true with diversity. It's a fact of life. There's nothing we can do to turn it back. It's going to just become an ever-increasing part of, of our existence. What we can do is learn to manage it in a way that we continue to get world-class results. That just means we have to develop some new skills, some new mindsets, some new attitudes, some new processes by which we can take advantage of what is rather than what we what was and what we want to be. This is just a new fact of life. So those two things, diversity and diversity management, that is the platform that I've been working on for the last 25, 30 years. And uh, naturally, you can imagine that uh, not everybody embraces this idea because they want it to be about their issue. Right. And you know, people people love their grievances. So it's really hard to scream over a mass of people who really want it to be about something else. But it is simple proposition. We are in a world where diversity is just a fact of life. We have a choice. We either let it control us or we learn to control it or manage it. And that's what my platform is all about. I mean, I'm glad that you that you put the definition to it because I think so many people um, don't understand what exactly it means. And like you said, it seems like it is very divisive because everybody is like, "Well, what about me?" Um, and and I think that 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 is um, definitely divides us even more when it comes to it. But you know. And what you're saying is it's like, okay, we're all inclusive. It's everybody together. It's a, you know, it, it's a pot of jelly beans and everything is different inside that pot of jelly beans, different colors and sizes and everything else. Yeah. Um, it, it, as small business owners, I mean, because that that's, you know, our, our, our audience, as small business owners, a lot of people think, oh, well, I don't need to worry about this because I'm I'm a small business owner. Yeah. Can, can you explain why that's that's a bad focus to take if, if that's what you're thinking? Listen, this is all about access to talent, whether you are one person uh, consultancy like I am or a small 10 person operation or a massive, you know, million person uh, enterprise like uh, like Amazon. The same principles allow. I need talent to make this enterprise work. And believe it or not, the best talent is going to come in a variety of packages. Mm -hmm. So part of what this prop this uh, proposition is about is to say, if you haven't been used to looking more broadly, here's your opportunity. Even at a small business, when you're getting ready to hire someone, the question you must ask, 
What perspective is missing on my team that may be affecting my ability to do the level of business that I need to do? So in other words, if I got a team that's all made up of one perspective, we all came from the same place, went to the same high school, went to the same college, uh, you know, live in the same neighborhood, go to the same church and everything, there's going to be a limited perspective that we have, which means that we're going to be missing something that could help propel the business. And I'm just inviting people from small to large to think of it in this way. You want the best people that you can on your team. And you want as broad a perspective on your team as you possibly can get. Why? Because that keeps you from making mistakes. It helps you to solve problems better. It gives you more opportunity to be innovative. It creates more creativity on your team. All of those things that we know impact business outcomes. Those are things that you want. You don't want diversity because, uh, gee whiz, wouldn't it be nice if I had uh, a Latino person on my team? Right. No, that's not a good reason to hire a Latino person. You're hiring because, you know, he's got a life experience that I don't have a clue about. And when we start solving problems and 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 making up ideas about how we're going to proceed, he's going to be able to jump in and say, hey, have you thought about? And it will be something, of course, my answer would be, no, I haven't thought about it because my life story just gives me no idea that that's even something to think about. So we hire people for their perspective, not for their color, not for their language, not for their gender. We hire them for their perspective because that perspective gives us an opportunity to be the best that we possibly can be. I hope that helps. Yes, yeah, definitely. Now, um, I guess in, in going through this, this process, because, you know, again, being in small business, being in business, everybody, oh, you need to have your policy on this. What's your statement on on diversity, so forth. What do you say to that? I mean, it's like, you know, again, as a small business, it's like, okay, you know, to me, it kind of reminds me of a business plan. It's like, okay, that's great. You have it, but then it goes in a drawer and, you know, you, yes, you have the statement, but you're not, you're not living it. It's, it's not truly what you've encompassed in your business. Yeah. So let me tell you a story. Um, I have been fortunate to be on the leading edge of this issue from the beginning, which is why I'm so clear about the real intent and the real possibilities of diversity management. One of my early clients and uh, a guy that I mentor was the first person to hold the title of chief diversity officer at a major corporation. And uh, he happened to be a good friend of mine. And uh, he tells the story about when he was first called to take the job of chief diversity officer, he turned it down. Why? Because he was a really legitimate operations executive. He was on the fast track. He was headed for the C-suite. And he asked, you know, why would I take a job like that? You don't even know what it is. And that got confirmed because the next day, the chairman of the company called him and said, would you please do it? And he gave it this. I don't have a clue what this stuff is. And I need somebody to figure it out for me so, <laughs> so I can make better decisions about it. So then he took the job, but he took it with the proviso. I'll do it for a certain amount of time. You give me air cover while I'm doing it. And at the end of it, I want a promotion and put back in operations. And he gave him a certain time frame. So uh, unfortunately, that's how we started it, with trying to figure out this thing that Dr. Thomas had, had warned us about, that there's going to be change in your, in your employee, employee base, in your workplace. There's going to be change in the marketplace. And we have been conditioned in this country 
to look at differences in color and gender and make meaning out of them that will no longer serve us well. I can't look at uh, people who uh, don't look like me and say, I need to avoid those people. Why? Because I need those people for my business to be prosperous. And so now I've got to shift my attitude and my skill set and my mindset so that I can naturally see that's just another human being. They have the same wants and needs that I do. And if I can just find some way to get connected with them around that theme of our fellow being a fellow human being, then my business can thrive and they can thrive. So that's what I would tell small business people. Shift your mindset. Do your homework. Don't be like the corporate executives who say, I don't understand this, so get me a brown-skinned person in here to be the face of diversity so I won't have to deal with it because that's really what's going on at, at the larger corporations. Small business person, you don't have that luxury because guess what? You're not only the CEO, but you're the CMO and the COO. <laughs> And and the uh, and the janitor and exactly. <laughs> all of those roles. So you have got to be knowledgeable about how this stuff impacts your ability to do business at the level that you're capable of. And it's just a simple proposition as that. Now, if you bring somebody into your business that you are different from, and it could be you know, racial, sexual, you know, whatever. How how do you uh, counsel people with trying to accept someone for their differences? Because sometimes people just look at it that, okay, we're different and my way is the right way and I'm the boss, so you got to do what I say. Yeah. So this goes back to the definition. Every human being on the on the face of this planet, I have discovered I have some differences with. Mm -hmm. If they're from Mongolia and I'm from America, that's an obvious difference. But I also know that we also have a lot of stuff in common. So here's the key. Focus on the similarities. When you meet someone, and all of us as business people, we know that it's part of the relationship building process. Let's find out what we have in common. So let's talk long enough to say, oh, okay. So you're from you're from Prince George's. Man, I got a good friend, probably lives right down the street from you. Now right. we got something in common. Oh, your father did this? My dad did the same thing. Okay, now we got something in common. Once we find out those things that we have in common, guess what, Gary? The differences don't matter nearly as much. Right. So we don't get tripped up by this whole idea of that you're not one of us, and therefore I have to be careful around you. We find that thing that links us together. We're from the same place. We have similar interests. We, uh, you know, have the same faith tradition. Uh, you know, whatever the the commonality may be, me and the guy from Mongolia may find out that we both uh, like horses. You know, <laughs> right. we both like riding horses. And once we do that, you know, the differences in our culture and everything else not nearly as large. So that's my counsel to them. It's this simple proposition. Differences and similarities is the definition of diversity. We tend to focus on the differences, which sets up a barrier between us immediately. If we shifted our thinking, let's find out what we have in common first. Let's develop what we have in common first. And then we can look at the differences. And guess what? The differences now just represent interesting. 
That's interesting, Gary, that you're from somewhere that I've never been. Tell me about right. that. Right. Well, it's interesting, Gary, that you follow a faith tradition that I'm not familiar with. Tell me about that. It's not something that puts me off. It's something that draws me in now because I'm interested in someone who I already know that I have a lot in common with. Does that make any sense? Oh, it makes makes a lot of sense. What? How would you counsel someone if, um, you know, again, because a lot of a lot of times, you know, with a small business, we may hire someone, um, or maybe don't hire somebody because they are different, and we don't understand that difference. Um, but it, they may have a skill set that would fit us perfectly and really help us move our business to the next level, but we're afraid to because we don't understand it. Yeah. So that's part of the mission of the diversity management movement is to educate us to the point where we no longer have that angst about difference. Mm -hmm. And the way we overcome that is, is I'm looking for talent. This talent is going to come packaged in a lot of different ways. I have to admit that up to myself right up front. It's not going to be someone who is, you know, drop dead good looking like me. It's not going to be someone who grew up in my mama's house. Right. Not going to share every value that I have, but I need to sit and talk with them long enough to find out what we have in common so that I can then actually see the value that they bring to the table. See, here's the, here's the trap that we fall into. We get turned off by differences because we've been conditioned to do that. Yep. You know, this is not a natural human thing. We get conditioned to look at another person and say, well, you know how those people are. And so we get turned off by that. We have to recondition ourselves to think there's a human being and from what I'm looking at, he's got the skills and the talent that I need for my business right now. I need to have a conversation with this dude or this woman and find out what we have in common so that we can find out if this will be a good fit so that while we're working together, you know, people talk about inclusion all the time. And I give the example, Gary, I worked at part of my corporate career. I worked at Bell Labs. Bell Labs is probably the most inclusive place that you ever, uh, that, that, that I've ever worked at. And I say that because no one cared what you look like. They didn't care what gender you were. They cared that you were a member of the technical staff. If you achieved that title, member of the technical staff, you could be purple with 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 the tail. They didn't care mm -hmm. because they were inclusive. And what I learned from that is when we have common goals, common objectives, the same vision for where we are collectively going, we're not sitting around thinking about, oh, my God, he's uh, from Puerto Rico. Oh, my God, she's from uh, Colombia or from whatever. That stuff doesn't matter. What matters is we have a common goal. We have common objectives. We have a common vision about where we're going. And all of us are contributing to it. Right. We're all contributing to it. That's all I need to know. Everything else is noise. So, I mean, you've written a book, uh, Diversity Training That Generates Real Change. Can you tell us some about that book and, and why it is that you decided to write it? Yeah, and I'll be honest with you, I hate the title. I love the <laughs> subtitle. I love the subtitle. You know, as, as an author, one of the things that you learn is you get a lot of help with, with, with your book. And yes, you the, title. <laughs> the, the subtitle of the book is called Inclusive Approaches 
that benefit individuals, business, and society. And that's where I like to focus people on this. The reason I wrote this book is because there's so much misinformation and disinformation out there about diversity and diversity management and inclusion that I just felt compelled to at least put some information out in the marketplace that says, hey, folks, there's a way to do this that actually works. Mm -hmm. There's a way to do this that actually benefits everybody. There's a way to do that that doesn't exclude people. But see, a lot of my colleagues walk around talking about inclusion while they are deliberately excluding certain factions of the of our population. And you know who I'm talking about. They include uh, gay and lesbian people, but they will exclude uh, straight, non-Hispanic, able-bodied white men. And they'll do it with uh, with impunity, like like you know, this is inclusion. That's not inclusion. Inclusion means everybody benefits. Everybody is included and everybody benefits. So this book is written to give people kind of a roadmap for how to approach this stuff uh, in a way that really gets results, in a way that really benefits everyone, in a way that focuses on human connection rather than divisive uh, dimensions of diversity and a way that I can document in this book, because I give many examples of clients that I've worked with, by the way, not at the corporate level, at the at the frontline team level, which is you know why small businesses can really benefit from this. At the frontline team level, I've had managers who have embraced the idea of diversity management and who have, have made massive improvements to their business outcomes just by being able to listen to a broader range of perspectives learning how to manage all of the chaos that comes with the, you know, with that massive amount of diversity and learning to get better results simply by managing more effectively. So that's why the book is written because there is a better way. And I'd hate for people to keep saying things like, well, diversity doesn't work. Diversity training doesn't work. And I said, yeah, it's because you're not doing it right. Yeah. So yeah. If you did it right, you'd get the benefits and it would work. So that's really where, that's why the book was written. And fortunately, it's doing quite well. It was uh, rated as one of the top 10 management books of 2022. And it's, um, it's, uh, it's starting to, to pop off the shelves. That's awesome. Um, I, I think that, you know, so many times um, people spend so much time working on trying to have the right wording of their statement and things like that and not really and again it's because it's it's they want the forward looking to say okay i have my diversity statement i'm i'm inclusive of everybody i'm da 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 and they um do the training and things like that but they don't want anybody asking any questions they just want to say this is what we're going to do but then nobody talks about it and yep. how, how, and again, I'm not at the, the big corporate side. I'm at the small, you know, business yep. side of things. And, you know, I know here in our office, you know, when we'll, we'll go in the lunchroom together in the conference room and, and we'll sit and we'll talk, whatever the topic is, we'll talk about it. But it's one of those things where Nobody takes it personally, whatever the discussion is. Um, nobody um, uh, attacks anybody personally about it. 
And I think that so much of it, it, it has to do with just respecting each other and respecting that, yes, you and I are going to have a difference of opinion. And we just need to understand that that's what's going to happen. But we can discuss things. Yeah. Um, how do you help facilitate that to make sure that those discussions happen? Foundational principle. That which we can talk about, we can control. That which we can't talk about controls us. So you are being controlled by the lack of conversation about a topic that is sitting right there. We call it the elephant in the room sitting right there needing to be talked about, but you don't have the skill set or the mindset to, to, to talk about it. So I, I would say to people, this goes back to Gary, what we talked about earlier before the broadcast, the power of relationships. See, if when you and I, now you and I getting to know each other, you and I get to know each other. We know what we have in common. We get to the place where we actually like each other and trust each other. Mm -hmm. And even despite our differences, that really is what rules the relationship. So what if you were to say something that might be seen as offensive to a lot of Black people? Mm -hmm. You didn't mean to do it, but you just blurted out something and you did it in my presence. How am I going to react to that? What I'm going to say is, well, that's Gary, and I know him. I know his heart. I know where he's coming from. All of us slip up in language every now and then, and that's what he did. So I'm going to pull him on the side and say, hey, bro, you need to be careful about using that language because right. you know that might be offensive to some people. But our relationship remains intact. Why? Because I knew you before you said it. I trusted you before you said it. I understand who you are as a person. Our relationship is solid. So when you make a slip up, just like I will make a slip up, everybody slips up every now and then. We don't need to be, you know, uh, eternally punished for one little verbal slip up. Right, right, right. <laughs> so uh, that's how I, I would tell people, focus on the things that we can control. And one of the things that we can control is the power of our relationships. So you and your team sitting around the table, one, one, uh, you know, one of your meetings just say, let's make sure we know each other. Bob, tell me a little bit about yourself. Oh, my goodness, I never knew that about you. We do this in our classrooms all the time. We have people to sit down at the table and do a, a survey of their life and the things that are really important to them. And you'd be surprised how often people, man, I've been working for you for 25 years. I never knew that about you. Right. Now that I know that about you, I feel that much closer to you. You and I are going to do some great things together. And so it's just the power of allowing ourselves to be known by other people that uh, creates this barrier to, you know, us charging each other with felony assault <laughs> because, because I had a verbal slip up. <laughs> right, right. What do you, from kind of, let's, let's flip this around here a little bit and say, okay, if, you know, I'm an employee or we're in a business meeting um, and I don't know you yet, and you say something, you make a joke or you say something that may be offensive to me. How how do you counsel people to bringing that to, you know, to, to the other person's attention? Because, again, it's like, you know, I, I don't know if this is, you know, truly how they are or if they were just trying to be funny or 
whatever, but now I'm offended. Yeah. And obviously, you know, we always say we don't want people to not say something because then that's going to continue. How do you counsel them to 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 bring it forward in a way that isn't going to ostracize them or create more issues? This is part of the skill set that I'm talking about, and it begins with an attitude. We always go into any situation with other human beings assuming no malicious intent. Assume no malicious intent. If you go in expecting a person to be homophobic, racist, sexist, guess mm -hmm. what? You're going to find it. If right. that's what you're looking for, you're going to find it. You're going to say something that says, yeah, I knew I was right about him. I knew I was right about her. But if you go into it with no malicious intent, here's what you're going to hear. Oh, man, he just said something. I really feel bad for him. I'm going to have to pull him aside and let him know how that may have landed with others. We call that gentle correction. Mm -hmm. Gentle correction. None of us has any malicious intent, but all of us, including moi, have said things in a public forum that, boy, I wish I could have taken that back yeah. or that didn't come out the way I intended or, wow, I didn't recognize who all was in the room and I know that that might not sit well with them. And, and I, boy, I was just kidding. And, all, and nine, nine out of the 10 people in the room knew I was kidding because we've joked about this before, but right. there's one person over here who, if they don't understand how we roll in the, on this team, that could have landed badly with them. So we have to give each other grace and we have to be willing to, first of all, assume no malicious intent. And second of all, to provide gentle correction when someone does step out of the bounds and don't ostracize them. Don't beat them up. Just say, Gary, you know, you know, five of us in the room, we got your joke. But there were two people I could look, see the look on their face. They, they didn't get the joke. So I just wanted you to be aware. Be, be mindful of that in the future so that you don't make that mistake again. Right. And I love you. <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly. Exactly. Now, now do you do from that standpoint, okay, you've come to me and you've said, Hey, you know, two people may have been offended by this. Um, and then obviously, okay, I know now, okay, don't joke about that. Um, or not in that manner or whatever I did that, that you're, you know, helping me with. Do you recommend that I then go to the two people that may have been offended and apologize to them for possibly offending them? Or you can, uh, but here's you go with this posture. Look, I just heard what Gary said in the meeting, and uh, I saw the look on your face. Let me make sure that I'm uh, understanding exactly how that landed with you. What I believe that Gary intended when he said that was this. Is that what you heard or did you hear something different? Confirm with them that, you know, it didn't land well with them and then say, listen, as a matter of fact, I did talk to Gary about that. I thought that might have been the case. So I just want to let you know that he's now more aware. He had no malicious, no malicious intent, but he's now aware that that might not land well for you. And quite often, you know, human beings, if you understand human nature, we don't really want to dislike other people. We want to like them. Right. So you give me reason to, I'll latch on to it. Okay, boy, I'm so glad to hear that because, yeah, that, you know, when I was 12 years old, this, you know, it's usually about something. When I was 12 years old, someone says something like that to me, and every time I hear it, it sparks this uh, yeah. 
this 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 remembrance, uh, this memory that I have. And so I'm glad you told me that that was his intent. Right. Right. All right, James, we've covered we've, we've covered a lot, but there's a lot that we didn't get to cover. Um, you know, because, again, I could talk to you for a really long time about this, because, again, I find it fascinating um, and, and I like your outlook on it. And I like how, um, you know, you're you're presenting it and, and sharing this. Um, what is it that I haven't asked you that you wish I had? And that's probably a big list, too. <laughs> yeah, well, let me see. Number 37 on that list is. <laughs> <laughs> No, I really what the one the one thing that I do is I know so much about this and I could talk about it all day, three days in a row without right. hesitating. But I've learned through adult learning theory that of all the things that I've said, that's information to a lot of, of your viewers. A few of the nuggets that I shared today will land with them. That would be knowledge that they will take right. on. Many of them would take that knowledge and convert it to learning. In other words, that thing you said about X, I'm going to use that. And that learning will create behavior change. My work is all about getting people to experiment with new behaviors. Now that I know this, now that I understand this, now that I've learned this, I can start experiment with new behaviors and develop new habits so that now I can be more effective in the world. And now I can... Uh, relate to other human beings in a way that really gets us both better outcomes. So if I've answered your questions, we're in good shape, my brother. Right. Now give us, give us your definition again, um, because I think that that, that, that definition um, is very impactful. And if people hear it um, and kind of keep playing it again in their mind, I think that they're going to look at the diversity and inclusion and equality differently than what our society and what the media is putting out there. Yeah. Two great philosophers inform the way that we define this stuff. Socrates said the beginning of any uh, conversation between human beings is define your terms. So in other words, we could be talking about diversity all day. You and I could be talking about it and not be talking about the same thing. <laughs> But having strong opinions about diversity, and we're not even talking about the same thing. You know? Right. So that's one thing. And then I, uh, Einstein says, unless you can express it in a few words, that means you don't understand it well enough yet. And so our definition is succinct, precise, and it gives us a basis to have the conversation. That definition of diversity, the state of being called diversity, the fact of life called diversity, is the collective mix of differences and similarities. In any group of people, you will find amongst all those peoples, they have a lot of differences, but in many cases, they have more things in common, more similarities. So it's the collective mix of difference and similarities. The collective mix means it's not the new, non uh, different people. It is everybody on the team represents the diversity. Everybody on the team represents the diversity. And diversity management is a strategy and a capability. Diversity is a fact of life. Now, what am I going to do about it? I'm going to manage it. I'm going to manage it in such a way that I continue to get world-class results. Those are the simple premises and the simple definitions that I operate with and have done so for the last 30 plus years. I have not found anyone who can refute them, but the problem is 
There are a lot of screamers out there in the marketplace giving us different different messages about diversity and inclusion. Yep. And Gary, you and I know we can't scream loud enough to out-talk them. So no, we have to do things like this, one yeah. by one, get in front of small audiences and say, hey, folks, there's a better way. agree with you 100%. Um, James, I really appreciate you coming on with me today. Um, I think that this is um, a, a topic that we need to have more discussions like this, like you're saying, um, in, in reaching out to people and get people to stop yelling and screaming and start talking calmly, intelligently about stuff. And like yeah. you're saying, you know, hey, most of the time, these people that are yelling and screaming at each other about this, they haven't defined what they're going to talk about. So yeah. that definitely happens. If our listeners like what they hear, they want to get your book or they want to talk to you, how can they reach you? My website is probably the best place and my LinkedIn website is James O. Rogers. That's Rogers with a D, jamesorogers.com. Uh, on there, you'll find a, a link to media, which includes all of my books. This is one of the three published books that I have. Also on LinkedIn under James O. Rogers, PhD, uh, on the, I can't remember what my title is on LinkedIn, but you'll find me on LinkedIn, Dr. James O. Rogers. You'll find me on LinkedIn. But I also would like to talk about um, uh, my email address is james at jamesorogers.com. And I would invite anyone to contact me directly. And I always answer my emails. And uh, my phone, of course, is 770-331-3246. Most people are reluctant nowadays to give out that kind of information. Yes, <laughs> I really want people, you know, if you want to have a conversation about this stuff, I would really invite you to do that. So hope that's helpful. That is. That is. Again, thank you very much for your time today. I uh, really appreciate it. Thank you, Gary. Appreciate the opportunity to talk to you. Great. This week, our guest again was James Rogers, president and principal consultant for Diversity Coach. Thank you, and I'll see you guys next week. This show has been produced by Market Domination, LLC. To discover how you can have your own show completely done for you and turn it into a real published book and become the authority in your marketplace, go to www.marketdominationllc.com slash podcast offer. This podcast is a part of the C-Suite Radio Network. For more top business podcasts, visit c-suiteradio.com.